Welcome to Through Thick and Skin, a podcast about two sisters in business together on a mission to demystify skincare and aesthetic medicine, your online resource for unfiltered truth in a very filtered world. We're your hosts, Erin Jensen and Megan Patterson. You might know us from Instagram, where our business, The Treatment Skin Boutique, has garnered followers through the ever-popular Mondays with Megan Stories series for offering insight on skincare and treatments in an easy-to-understand, candid way. Backed by the expertise of Aesthetic PA, Expert Injector, National trainer and brand builder Aaron Jensen we are here to drop knowledge cutting out the bullshit while making you laugh along the way welcome to through thick and skin podcast this is Megan Patterson all by her lonesome for episode number 49 I told Aaron she could take a break on this one I really didn't need her help because she has no personal experience with what we are about to talk about today this was actually a follower or listener requested topic we get dms from people all over the world who ask for us to talk about certain things and usually they're skincare related but sometimes they're personal and so a few weeks ago a client asked Megan please can you tell me how to get through a relationship breakup I'm having a really hard time and I was I added it to my ongoing list of topics to discuss and to cover and it's more relevant than ever because I broke up with my boyfriend this week right on time because it's almost Valentine's Day okay Valentine's Day is next week and I broke up with my boyfriend. So this is a very relevant topic. This is something I do have experience in way more than Aaron. So um, Aaron couldn't really have much to contribute. She married her first boyfriend. And I'm not saying that she's never experienced heartbreak, but I have continuously over time experienced the ending of relationships, whether I ended it or they ended it. But nevertheless, relationship breakups are shitty. They're very tough and they can be very, very painful. So I wanted to take this time and talk about it. How do you kind of survive a relationship breakup, regardless of who dumped who? So, you know, I'm sure you guys want to know because I'm pretty public about my personal life. Like I told you guys, I got a poppy. I got a boyfriend. Super excited about it. I really care for him, but I kept it a little vague for a reason because I do also respect him and his privacy. So, you know, I'm not going to tell you what happened, what went down. I'm not going to air out his dirty laundry. I'm not going to put him on front street. I'm uh, one because it's tacky. You know, he's not here to defend himself. And secondly, the details aren't important. I'm not going to sit here and bore you guys with the details of why our relationship didn't work. All I'm going to say is that I broke up with him because what he was offering didn't align with what I needed period. That's it. And how you interpret that, I'll let you interpret it. But, you know, I still care for the guy and we're still, you know, talking. I wouldn't say talking like talking, talking like dating, but I haven't blocked him yet. And we can talk about blocking in a little bit. But first of all, um, I just kind of want to offer you guys my best practices for when a relationship has ended. This is what's worked for me. I have a lot of experience in relationships ending and they weren't long term relationships, you know, I happened to be living with this guy, um, so it was fairly serious, but relationships, even if it's a three-week fling, can still sting. So, you know, don't think it's not a big deal or don't tell yourself, I'll just get over it, you know, or also, you know, that saying like you can get over someone when you get under a new person. Sometimes that works for people. That doesn't work for me personally. So these are some of my suggestions for when a relationship has ended. First and foremost, the most important thing, I think the most relevant is stop stalking them on the internet. That means no Instagram, no Facebook, no Snapchat. Don't even look on their LinkedIn because I know some of you cuckoos, like me included, will go on social media and start to investigate things. You know, 
in my situation, I let go of the relationship, but I've been on the other end where guys have ghosted me, like disappeared into thin air, but then would continue to like my Instagram pictures and it totally confused me. So I would go on their Instagram and I would scour. I would look at their tagged photos. I would zoom in on their pictures. What's that you know, that black head of hair. Is that a girl? Does she have a fatter booty than me? Is she skinnier than me? Oh my God. And I start going crazy over their social media. So when you do that, when you go on your ex's social media, what you're doing is hunting for pain. Repeat after me. When I go on my ex's social media, I am hunting for pain. If the desire to see what they're doing is overwhelming you, ask yourself before you go on there, will this bring me peace? Because guess what? None of my exes have ever posted like their struggle meals. None of them have ever posted like a box of top ramen and been like, man, times are tough right now. I'm super broke. Or none of them have ever posted something that says, I miss Megan so much. I wish she knew how amazing she was and I would do anything to get her back. I love her so much. No, they never post how they're suffering. They never post how bad their life is. That's what I secretly hope they do. I want to go onto their social media and see them suffering because I'm in so much pain. But instead, what they actually post is how they're living their best life how they're holding their hands with their new chick. And then I'm incessantly comparing myself to this new chick, how she's different than me, how she's smaller than me, how she's more petite than me, how her boobs are bigger than mine, how her ass is fatter than mine, how her waist is smaller than mine, how she's quieter than I am, how I'm, you know, just everything. It's such a mess. So what brings me a lot of relief is I avoid it entirely. I avoid it entirely. I have been known with one of my exes. I didn't look at his social media for a year. And finally, when I did actually look at his social media, I had a dream. This is kind of crazy, but I had a dream. And in my dream, we were peaceful and cordial and I saw him and it was like a weight had been lifted. It was like I truly in my heart wished him the best. It was like all my resentment was gone. I don't know what the hell happened. But that next day I woke up and I said, I think the universe is telling me to just that I'm ready. I'm ready to take a look. And I asked myself that question before I checked. Will this bring me peace? And I said, I am confident for whatever I see. Even if my worst nightmare is there, even if I see him walking down the aisle with the chick who's hotter than me, I will be able to handle it. And guess what? I looked at his Instagram and he had a baby with the beautiful chick he left me for. And I was at peace. I was totally at peace. It was the most surreal experience. I wasn't jealous. I wasn't envious. I said, universe, thank you. Because I don't want a kid. You know, and like, that's what he wanted. So bless him, bless him for that. And um, that was a really pivotal moment for me when it came to handling relationship breakups, because I, at that moment, realized that there it is possible to have peace in my heart for for an ex who hurt me, because this this guy, he really hurt me. He, he told me some he left me high and dry and did some really messed up stuff. But I also suggest so if social media is not a big thing for you. I suggest a break from texting as well. So, um, you know, with my boyfriend, it's a little more enmeshed because we do we do live together. Um, so it's a little more complicated, but I'm not texting him like we normally would. You know, when you're in a relationship with somebody, you're like, hey, how are you doing? Good morning. What did you have for lunch? What are you doing today? What's your plans? How's your sister? This, that or the other. That kind of, you know, mundane day to day banter. Stop that. Even if you think you can maintain a friendship with this person, give it a little space. Just let it scab over a little bit. Just let it heal. And for some people, this might be necessary. I'm not saying you have to do this out the gate, but blocking them might be a really helpful tool. Some people think, damn, Megan, like you have to block a dude. Like, are you that mad at them? And for me, it's not so much. Yeah, there might be some resentment, but I'm more so protecting myself because when you block someone on social media, you can't look them up. And also they can't see what you're doing because I found myself after relationships ended, I would be on my Instagram putting up, you know, sexy stories, thirst traps, just so I could see that that ex had seen my picture and I wanted to rub it in their face. 
you know, kind of like behind the scenes. So my motives were not clear. I wasn't posting social media to share with my friends and family my life. I was posting to make my ex jealous and make him regret breaking up with me. And that is not what social media is for. That's where social media can be very poisonous. So I have been known You know, I have had to block guys who they couldn't give me what I wanted and they still try to hit me up on the low at like 3 a.m. telling me W.Y.D., which stands for what are you doing? I don't tolerate that shit. I don't answer text messages from dudes between certain hours of the night because I think that's hella disrespectful. So I would have to block them. And (laughs) I had one dude email me on like my like my consulting website. Like he dug deep for my website, found me, emailed me and was like, did you block me? And I had to block him to protect myself. Because um, he did not respect the fact that I asked him to stop contacting me. So that might be helpful in the beginning. And you guys don't know. You might feel comfortable or something might have shifted where you can unblock them or you can see them in person. But it might be helpful for your serenity for the first 30 days or so to just block them so you can really not wonder, are they hitting me up? They aren't because you blocked them. So there's no need to wonder if they are. You know, delete old messages, delete old photos if that's really triggering for you. Even, like I said, you know, you won't be giving into them. You think you're strong, you know, and you're doing your thing. You're a bad bitch. You're on your, you know, you're, you're on the up and up. And then out all of a sudden they text you and you're in a vulnerable state. You're lonely. You're feeling bloated. You're missing attention. You're missing validation. And they hit you up. That temptation is really hard to resist. So I highly suggest blocking if you think it's going to be helpful. If you think you're strong enough to not give into the temptation, dope. I personally have no shame in my game when it comes to blocking motherfuckers. Also check your motives. Say you do have to communicate with them for some reason. Say you work with them. Oh my gosh, how annoying. Or say they are your, you know, say you're somehow um, intertwined in their life. You know, like maybe their sister is married to your brother or something weird. You just don't know. You might have to be involved with them. Check your motives when you have to communicate with them. Do you really have to communicate with them? Like you found, you know, his old toothbrush and you're like, hey, I really need to give you your old toothbrush because you left it at my house. No, you don't. That is an excuse to see them. Okay, they do not need that fucking toothbrush. They'll survive without it. I had one guy take my nameplate necklace, one of my favorite items. And uh, my mentor was like, you got to let it go. And I was like, but you don't understand. It was like a $200 necklace. And she's like, well, you got to buy your own, you know, because I, it was like collateral and he was like holding me hostage with it. And I couldn't get the nameplate back and it was super messy. So my mentor was like, is this ticket worth the ride? Is going after this necklace really worth it for you? Because your, your serenity is, is compromised right now. And I was like, you're right. I just got to buy a new necklace, a new nameplate necklace and keep it moving. And that's what I did. So That's really important for me in the beginning, right? So like, I think like day one, like when it immediately happens, the most important thing you got to look at is the communication methods. So how are you giving it space to breathe, giving it space to scab over, emotions are on high, you might say some things you regret or aren't true, because you're in like a state of shock. You're super sad. So that's the most important thing with the social media and the engagement. Um, Now the next couple days when it starts sinking in, right? You're going to have a wave of emotions. So you're going to start thinking, did I do the right thing or did they do the right thing? You know, I'm speaking from a perspective because it was most recent that I ended the relationship. I had a moment of doubt. Like, did I do the right thing? Was I overreacting? Was this, you know, I started questioning, but I also feel confident that I took all the right actions to make this decision. I meditated, I journaled, I reached out to people, you know, like I I really reached out to my support system and I made the decision. And although it stings, it was necessary because I've done enough work on myself to create like a bottom line. So like there's certain things that I got to have in a partner. I got to have in a boyfriend. 
And if you don't meet it, then we're not aligned. And that's all it is. It's business. I mean, this isn't the most romantic thing to hear, but like a boyfriend, girlfriend, it's a fucking business relationship, especially if you're going to marry them. You're going into a contract with that person. You're going to share assets. You're going to share bank accounts. So if I don't feel comfortable or safe with that person, and that's a really important bottom line to me, that's it. Bottom line. They, I can explain, you know, my issues or my, what I need. And if they can't meet that, then I got to let them go. So remember that this happened for a reason. I hear a lot of people that go back and forth, the in and out, the circling of the relationship, like kind of like the revolving door. And I'm a big fan of things change, people change, but for the most part, it's very hard to change a person. And if you're going into a relationship thinking that like, oh, they'll change because I'm going to show them a different way of life. You are kidding yourself. You cannot change people. You cannot change them into drinking less. You cannot change them eating, into eating better food. You cannot change them into reacting to life different. That's that's unfair. That's very um, unfair to demand a person like that. You have to, when you go into a relationship, accept the person for exactly the way they are. You might not agree with their lifestyle or how they conduct themselves, but that's on you. Um, you have to let go of that and let them do their thing and live their life. You cannot demand ex a, a change in a person. And also, don't be that person who... who um, and a couple days after the breakup, don't be that person who kind of drains the energy of their friends by dragging them through the details of a relationship. I've done that. You know, I used to, you know, in my first relationship, I called everybody. I exhausted all my friends to the point where they stopped picking up my call to where I had to call my dad to get some boy advice, you know, which was the last person I'd call. But he gave me some really helpful advice. He said, you know, Megan, I was super depressed and heartbroken over a guy who cheated on me. And my dad said, OK, first thing you do, don't go on his MySpace because that's when MySpace was popping. He's like, don't talk shit on his MySpace. Get off the internet. He's like, go get your nails done. And my dad's not a frou-frou type of guy. He was like, go get a manicure. Bottom line, he was like, go do some self-care. And then thirdly, he was like, go help somebody. So go find a friend who's having a hard time and sit and have coffee with them or go for a walk. Go call grandma. Go take grandpa out for dinner. Whatever. Just get out of yourself. And that has been a very simple solution that could be applied to almost anything whenever I'm in discomfort, but especially with relationship stuff. So, you know, it's way more humane to keep the details of the relationship to yourself rather than putting all their business out there. It's just, you know, have some dignity uh, about it and be humane about it. You know, we it's just that's what a graceful, dignified person does. Um, so. So, OK, so these are the few days after. Right. And then maybe a week or two passes. And you're forgetting about all this, the shitty stuff they did. You're forgetting about the poor ways they treated you or you're forgetting about, you know, we, we have selective memories. So we remember the sweet moments. We remember that moment when he bought me hot Cheetos at the gas station and I didn't ask for them. Oh, my God, that's so sweet. He is a nice guy. Uh-uh. Don't give in to that. Don't romanticize that because that's fleeting. Remember, there are other things that came with the flaming hot bag of Cheetos. The other things that did not meet your needs, the other things that didn't, were not ideal for you. OK, so don't give in to the moments when you're feeling lonely. You know, you might be feeling lonely and depressed and you have that desire to reach out to them. That's when it's the strongest. So when you're feeling lonely, reach out to a support network. And that doesn't mean you got to, you know, your friends might not pick up. So if none of them are picking up because they're sick of hearing you talk about your ex, then hit up your grandma because grandmas are always available to hang out. They're always ready to go eat at Caro's. They want to go for a drive. Uh, if you don't have a grandma, find an auntie, find a neighbor, just find anybody that can get you outside of your head and that will help keep you company while that deep, deep desire to hang out with your ex is really yelling at you and it's really strong. So, you know, be kind to yourself. 
the feelings of loss and sadness is super normal. Um, because if you think of it from a scientific way, you're actually detoxing from like happy feelings, right? So when you are in love and you're having sex, dopamine is being released and oxytocin. So like the feel good chemicals, right? So you are releasing a drug within your body. And when that's taken away from you, you're detoxing. Just like a junkie detoxes from heroin, you're kicking and your body is in withdrawal because it's not getting the fix. So you're going to be feeling gross. You're going to be feeling extra shitty. Not only are you missing that warm body next to you and the attention and the giggles and the stuff like that, but you are physically having a withdrawal. So please be kind to yourself about that. Okay. Just note that like, it's way more beyond like will like mind power and willpower like it's a physical physiological thing that's happening in you so be really kind to yourself and you guys if you haven't done this by now get a therapist get one if you can't afford it look up sliding scale therapy ask your friends who do they go to for therapists there are therapists that work on sliding scales meaning they will accept what you can afford go through your insurance if you have insurance, hit up your insurance customer service and say, I need a therapist in this area code who's a female or a male who specializes in that, that, that. I mean, you can really get a specialized therapist. My, my therapist specializes in EMDR, which is like brainwave changing therapy because my therapy, I need a lot of it so deeply. I needed to change the, the waves of my brain. Really get rid of the stigma that having a therapist is bad. It's actually super chic. I think uh, everyone should have a therapist like they have an accountant. Um, so regardless of how good you think your life is or how normal it looks, having a trained professional to talk to is game changing. They're not your parents. They're not your sister. They're not your best friend. They are a trained professional who all they do for years is study behavior, cognitive, how you act, how do you deal with life, how to get through heartbreak. Highly, highly recommended. And also... If all your friends stop picking up the phone calls, the therapist will listen to you because you're paying them. So you could always go to a therapist. I hit my therapist up when this relationship was falling apart and it was really, really helpful for me. Another thing. Okay. So say we're moving along. The breakup is still happening. You're still in the breakup. Change the space up, especially if you, you know, for me, I had to physically move out of the home. So change the space up. Wash the sheets. If you have items at your house, a sweatshirt, a toothbrush, whatever, pack them up and mail them to them. Or put it on their doorstep or tell them to come get their things in a box when you aren't home. Leave them on your doorstep. No interaction, if at all possible, because you know what happens. You walk over to his house with a toothbrush saying, you forgot your toothbrush and your titties are hanging out. You're smelling good. You know, you're you're feeling foxy. You're probably going to have sex. And that is a very precarious place to be, because when you have sex with somebody as a woman, I'm speaking from a female perspective, but I think this could be interchanged however you identify. Something happens. A hormone is released. That oxytocin is released. That feel-good chemical. And you're fucked. You're starting from square one again. You're doing this great job of being strong and staying busy and cleaning your house and reaching out to your support network and exercising. And then boom, you have sex with the dude because you're horny and lonely and you start from square one. I, I mean, whatever you do, whatever it takes, eating food, masturbating, going out with flirting with unavailable men, whatever it takes, just don't fuck your ex. Okay, please. So when you think a quick twist in the sheets isn't a big deal, it actually really, really is. We are told by magazines, by the internet, by social media, get yours, fuck them and chuck them, smash and dash, all those cutesy sayings about having sex and 
This is my personal experience. You might have a different experience where sex for you is a very helpful tool to get over somebody. In my personal experience, it is not. It is not. And so I choose not to participate in that because it makes things very, very difficult and very messy. Okay. So um, this, is a, this is one that was really, really important for me. Really, really important tool is reflect on the relationship. Have you ever had an exit interview? Have you ever like either left a job or left school and they asked you questions when you were leaving? Like, what could we improve on? What did you like? What did you not like? Have Give yourself an exit interview about the relationship. So write about it. So I sit like, for instance, this last relationship that dissolved, I sat down and I wrote out worked, what worked well, kind of like the plus side column. So what worked well for me? You know, we had a great time. I had fun. That, that, that. He was amazing at this. I felt this way with him, blah, 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 positives. And then the other side, what wasn't, what didn't work well? What didn't I like? I didn't like this, 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 this. And those negatives were enough for me to end the relationship. They were deal breakers. There are some things, you know, like, oh, what didn't work well? Um, He would fart in bed. I mean, that's not a deal breaker, right? You know, that's not nothing to make me kick a dude out. But there are other things that were really, really too much for me to handle that were did not meet my ideal as a boyfriend. And so it's kind of like a pros and cons list. And it's a great opportunity to go inward and learn from the relationship because you could use that writing as an inspiration to set the intention for the ideal partner you're looking for. So I have created in the past a, an ideal list of qualities that I'm looking for in a, in a boyfriend or in a partner. And at one point, my list was like 150 things long. It was like, he has to have like size 14 feet, which is so stupid. He has to be brunette. You know, he has to be 6'4". And if you looked at the guys I dated, like in a lineup, you'd be like, what the fuck do these guys have in common? They don't look alike at all. There's nothing common about them. I think the only common thing about them is how they made me feel. Physically, they don't look alike at all. Their personalities, some are shy, some are, you know, super gregarious, some are athletic, some are total nerds. It doesn't make sense. But bottom line is that each relationship I'm grateful for, even the guys who broke my heart and shattered it into a million pieces, the guys who I wanted to put a voodoo curse on, I thank them now because of the work I've done. I thank them for the great times that we had because we did have some great times or I wouldn't have been with them. I thank them for what they taught me. I thank them that I will never, ever tolerate that type of X, Y, and Z. I, you know, I bless them. I wish them nothing but the best. I hope they find their perfect match. It's not me. And that's a huge perspective shift that brought me a lot of peace. Because if I'm sitting in resentment, stewing at it, really like sending them just like big fuck yous through the air, what is that going to do for me? It's just, you know, I'm, my resentment, you know, they say it's like drinking poison, hoping the other person dies. And so I don't participate in that. Sometimes it happens a little, it takes a while. It takes like a year or two, but when it does hit, it's a really beautiful feeling and it is possible. So, I mean, some of you might be sitting here and being like, I will never not hate my ex. Like they did me so dirty, but just know that it is possible to use this pain and experience as great motivation. So it's fleeting. It's going to pass. How you feel in a week from now is going to be different. It might be worse. It might be better. But nevertheless, it's going to be different. Nothing is static, especially with the pain. So things are going to ebb and flow. But if you stick to these suggestions, it could be a little bit more in the middle rather than super, super high, super, super low. Like you really kind of want to give yourself a lot of self-care, self-love and kindness through this process because things are changing for you. You're going from being used to having a plus one, a dinner date, somebody to talk to all day to nothing. And it can be really jarring and really shocking. So 
we tend to go back into it because we miss it so much, but no, 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 no. That's messy. That's messy, messy, messy. This is what's worked for me. You can do whatever you want, but if you're in a pickle right now and you need a little help or guidance, this is it. If you have somebody in your life who's suffering from a a horrific heartbreak or they're feeling bad about themselves, give them this podcast. You might be in in a really happy marriage for 30 years, but there is, I guarantee there's somebody in your life, whether it's a daughter, a son, a sister, an auntie, a coworker that is going through a hard breakup. And if this can help them, my job is done. Every single heartbreak I've been through was worth it because I learned something from it that helped me with a future relationship and it can help you. And each relationship I've been in has gotten better and better. And they, they haven't worked out long term because I'm now a single woman, but each guy I gather something I really like. And then I learn something I don't like and I let go of that. And then the next guy, I definitely make sure not to find to look for the thing I don't like. It's kind of like I'm really honing in and finessing and smoothing out and and, and finalizing this ideal partner I'm looking for. And I wouldn't know that until I had firsthand experiences. So if you're afraid to get back into a relationship, don't be scared. Don't be scared. It's it's okay. You know, our heart wants to harden because of the pain it suffered. It's like when you burn yourself on a stove, you're going to pull your hand away from it because you've learned your lesson. I have a really great meditation that I'll I'll, I'll put in the um, link tree of my profile. It's a it's a, it's a relationship breakup visualization. It's 13 minutes. It's really really cool and it's been really helpful for me. But okay, now, you know, you're let's kind of move out of like the grief and the sadness part. Don't think that there's never going to be a possibility to have a partner again. Take it one day at a time. The one thing my therapist said that really kind of blew my mind was get a nightstand. Um, And this was suggested to me by my therapist because she asked me at one session if I had a nightstand on both sides of my bed. I have a king size bed. I'm a king size girl. Of course, I got a king size bed. And I said, no, I only have a nightstand on my side of the bed. And she said, well, when you get a boyfriend, where is he going to put his water and his cell phone? And I was like, what the fuck? And she's like, you need to create a space for your future boyfriend. You need to get him a nightstand. You need to get him his towels. And I was like, what? And I swear, I swear it worked. Like you need to act as if your partner's coming into your life. You need to make space for that partner. Don't be sleeping with one pillow. You need to get two pillows. One for him, one for you. You need to get a second nightstand. Have a second backup phone charger for when he comes over. You're going to set up the scene for that future partner when it comes. It might not come as soon as you want, but nevertheless, you'll be ready when it does. So I hope you guys learned something from this, how to survive a relationship breakup. You know, Valentine's Day is a Hallmark holiday, meaning it was created by marketing executives to sell candy and cards. So don't feel bad if you don't have a Valentine. Get off the Internet. Go for a walk. Eat some chocolates. Do whatever you got to do. But remember that just because I've never had a Valentine in my life and it's okay. I have a lot of friends. Think of the abundance in your life. Think of how many friends you have. I sometimes got to break it down. I think of how many pairs of underwears I have, (laughs) how many pairs of socks I have, how many leaves are in the trees in my house. I think about how many forks are in my kitchen. Like abundance, abundance, abundance is the attitude in addition to gratitude. It might feel like you're at a loss. You have nothing. You lost the love of your life or you lost your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your partner, whatever. But it's just going to create space for something better than you ever imagined. And I know that's hard to believe, but when you do... I'm going to say I told you so, and you can DM me on Instagram. So 
Until then, guys, I hope you learned something. I hope this helped you. And please send this with pe- send this to people. Share this with people who might be suffering right now from some heartbreak. Because imagine a world if we all helped each other out a little more. It would be incredible. So thanks, guys. Make sure to follow me on, follow us, Aaron. I'm running solo today. So follow me and Aaron on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to rate us. And also follow us on Spotify. And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks. <laughs>